Thank you so much for joining us today. My name is M.G. Goviet. I'm Education and Outreach Liaison for OK811, and you're listening to Digging Deep. That's an OK811 podcast. Uh, we're doing things a little bit different this month. Uh, this is going to be our August episode, and if you don't already celebrate it, mark your calendars for August 11th for next year, because August 11th is one day. And to celebrate every one going forward, we always bring in leadership to kind of give all excavators, all of our listenerships, an opportunity to know what we've been up to for the last year. Uh, you may remember last year we did individual interviews, but we decided this year we're going to do a group discussion, get all that information out to you at once. So sit back, enjoy this recap of OK one To get started, what we're going to do is just let you get to know who our leadership is. So let's start with our executive director, Susan Bull. Can you tell our listeners a little bit about yourself? Hey everyone, uh, Susan Bowl. I'm the executive director here at the Cable One and celebrating accomplishments of 10 years this year. I'm excited to uh, work here and hopefully be here another 10 years. That's so, awesome. Um, yeah, so I'm excited to be here and excited to be doing this. Cool. And let's go up down the line and go to Gerald, our director of operations. So uh, I really hope you're here another 10 years as well. Um, I'm Carol Welch, Director of Operations for OK811. I've been here for about seven years, so uh, I've got to uh, be a part of, of uh, quite a bit of those first 10. Uh, excited about where we're going, uh, what we're doing, and all the technology that lies ahead. So really, really can't wait to, to keep moving forward uh, with this team and, and looking to make uh, underground damage prevention and uh, safety uh, a priority in Oklahoma. Awesome. And uh, we saved the best for last, aka my boss. Uh, this is Andy Niemeyer. So I am Andy Niemeyer. I have been with OP811 for 18 years, uh, this past July. And uh, I've been a part of the leadership team now for about five years. And started out in the contact center and just really have such a passion for what we do. And I love looking back and seeing where we've been and where we're at now. And then also, of course, looking forward to the future and continuing to see how we navigate this industry and continue to impact safety and underground damage prevention. A great couple to work with here and just, we really have a lot of fun, but we get a lot of things done too. So, great team. And that's something that um, our listeners probably picked up on in the last few podcasts when we're working with other able one centers or the guests that we bring on. Um, I'm really proud. We've done a lot of great things over the years, and this last year was no different. It was busy for us. We've made a lot of advancements and um, things of that nature. And so let's kind of expound on that. So, Susan, do you want to start with a big overall and then turn it over to somebody else to get into some details? Yeah, I'll touch on some major accomplishments that we've done uh, since last year and and into this year. Obviously, it's July now, so we at seven months worth of additional accomplishments. Um, but I'm not gonna go into any detail on these today. We can talk more in detail about the ones that you know, the listeners about. But um, some of the ones that are big impacting uh, are addressing our outbound ticket volume. Uh, last year, we heard lots of complaints about uh, leg locates locators getting to the job sites late, excavators not being able to do their digging in a timely fashion. Filled with lots of complaints about that. We sat down and said, what can we do to help address this issue? 
So we did a lot of process improvement activities last 12 to 18 months to help address that lake locate claim. Um, one of those is uh, update extend or update remark uh, tickets. So that gets locators to the sites that need to be located um, instead of going out and looking and saying, okay, this has already been marked. I don't need to be here. And that was a wasted trip. So the extend ticket allows the locator to say, I don't need to mark. Allows the escalator to say, marks are good. Locator doesn't need to go out. So Gerald will talk a little bit more about that if you're interested. Um, we also have that contributed along with uh, some of the other activities with process improvements contributed to a 6% reduction in outbound notices to locators. And so that's helped to make sure locators get to the place they need to be. Uh, we also achieved some major accomplishments organizationally. We uh, actually completed our, our goal to a six-month operating reserve. So we have enough money in the bank now to sustain ourselves for up to six months if we ever needed to dip into that for operating purposes. We've accomplished top workplace in the last seven years. Um, so that's a big accomplishment for us to always be named a top workplace and shows that our employees are engaged, stakeholders are happy. Uh, we had some, excuse me, we had some bylaw updates this year. To our bylaws, that's gonna extend our board capacity uh, from eight operating board members to up to 16. So we're looking at adding some additional seats to our board as well. Um, design survey tickets is a new thing that's coming about. The, some law legislation was passed in earlier this year in April and goes into effect November 1. So we're going to be having a design survey notice that operators now have to respond to design survey tickets. And that will give them additional time to respond to those, but it's it's another way to move us forward in our communication with operators and excavators and planners and so forth. So those are some of the things. Uh, mandatory positive response has been implemented in the state of Oklahoma now, but this year we've done a lot of process improvement that, sending our excavator education um, beyond just our team going out and doing education, getting other uh, stakeholders to deliver that education. And then we had a great expo this year, lots of great uh, content, great participation. And of course we do our safety days. So Angie can speak more to some of that now. Upsetting. Yeah, um, great. Uh, pretty much you just got an outline of everything where I've been to. Um, let's start with operations, right? So the director of operations probably can go into a little bit more detail. How did we make those changes to reduce those outbound tickets? What uh, What is the uh, extend remark tickets process look like? Things about that Absolutely. So, so um, just to, and, and bear with me, I realize that uh, the reason MG set this up for us all to be together is because I'm so nerdy that I take up all the time <laughs> and the, uh, the details. So, um, so just bear with me as we kind of work our way through this. But last year, uh, as Susan mentioned, we started the process of trying to ensure that uh, only tickets going out were tickets that needed uh, responded to, or the tickets that went out that didn't need responded to clarified that. So uh, we did a series of, of different enhancements within our portal to ask uh, excavators uh, information about their, their, their project to ensure that 
they're only calling in or requesting location things that they're actively executing. Um, this saw uh, it helped us realize really a quick um, drop in unnecessary tickets. Uh, but beyond that, we decided we needed to change some other features. So uh, we changed uh, some fields like the extent field. We changed that to estimated completion date. Uh, that's a field now that we can look at and say, okay, we estimate that there's going to be this many active projects at this time based on these dates or see where supply constraints come in or weather constraints come in that have severely impacted uh, the process of excavation in Oklahoma. So we're really excited about the insights that that's going to give us over time uh, as we move forward. Now, uh, we also developed some new ticket formats. Uh, we saw that excavators uh, don't all need the same information every time they have a locate request, right? Um, if you are a homeowner, uh, you need different information on your locate request that we send you uh, than somebody who's a professional excavator because you might not understand the process uh, in the same way. Uh, so we revamped that, we changed some things where an excavator, if they, they put in a second notice, they get different information on that email. Uh, and so on. So we also took that opportunity to revamp uh, some of the ticket formats for facility operators. So facility operators now can get the information that they want uh, and, and do away with the rest. Or maybe before they weren't getting enough information and they want more now. So, uh, we took, took this a step further. We tried to make more uh, self-service available. Uh, so we revamped the demolition process. Uh, you're uh, an excavator that does demolitions. Uh, you, you can now go online, facilitate all of those steps through our, our OK81 web portal. That's OK81.org. Uh, go there anytime you want to submit a ticket. Uh, then we've also taken that a step further, and now any excavator can actually do second notices if they need to through our web portal. We heard that that was a big problem previously, so we've set up the steps to make that possible. And uh, some of our excavators often only work emergency, right? They're, they're uh, people who are, are fixing uh, those, those water mains that are exploding all over the city and such. Um, so we wanted to make sure that they can get through and get that process handled efficiently. So we actually offer a service where they can do that online through our web portal. All you've got to do is uh, go through a short training with us to ensure that you're putting in that locate request properly to make sure that all facility operators get the right information. Well, that's that's a really exciting piece yeah. uh, self-service a little bit further information on that second notice um, they're now also able to select which member to send it to yep. so that way we're not sending subsequent notices to members that had already responded so that was yep. another enhancement that removes some of that waste in the system that's a great point we also in that situation um if they've already provided positive response to the facility operator uh, it, it takes them for another question asking exactly yes. why they need that second notice, even though they've already responded. Uh, because we do find where there's miscommunication throughout the system or maybe a misunderstanding on the locate request itself. So that's a, that's a great point. Um, the big project that, that everyone's really excited about that Susan mentioned earlier, earlier is the extend and remark change. Uh, so previously, uh, we all knew updates and update extend. Uh, and this has been around, update extend has been around since about 2017. Uh, although it, it was a process that only benefited one facility operator, 
So it didn't fully benefit all facility operators or excavators in that, that sense. We got some feedback from members on that project and uh, there was a lot of interest in, in changing it. So uh, Susan actually heads uh, a national group that we're a part of. Uh, what's that called, Susan? Quality Notification Center Association. Right. See it. Yep. Um, it's a really cool group, uh, but what we found is there's a lot of different ways to call an update an update. Uh, and so we tried to transition a little bit based on the information in that group uh, to be more similar to other states so there's less confusion for excavators that work across state lines. Uh, so we did decide to change updates to remark uh, and then we revamped the extend process to where it goes to all facility operators uh, whenever an excavator requests it so that um, all of those facility operators have the choice whether to come back out and mark even though the excavator said you know what the marks are good I don't need you to come back out. Uh, this is a great opportunity to reduce truck rolls and get excavation, you know, going on time and efficiently. We've seen a lot of good good stuff come out of this, uh, and I think it's probably a big contributor to some of the changes in, in outbound volume. Definitely. And um, just a couple weeks ago, we released a podcast over the extend and remark process. So if you haven't checked that out, feel free to our YouTube channel or find that episode within wherever you listen to podcasts and you'll be able to uh, catch up on all the details of the processing and what it looks like and all that stuff. So there's a webinar that we posted as a podcast. So more information there for you as well. So now we get to kind of dive into the fun stuff, aka the education and outreach and also probably some things with our member services team as well and some things that got um, uh, initiated over the last year. So, Andy, do you want to kind of give us some highlights? Of some uh, sure. There? So, um, going back to this uh, mandatory positive response, as Susan mentioned, that has been part of our law since November of 2021. And over the past year and even continuing, we our member services team is really doing a lot of outreach and education on what that mandatory positive response is for our membership, what that looks like, and the importance of it. Um, we have about seven or eight percent i'm not sure exactly on the percentage of um, tickets that are auto closed due to no, no response um, and looking at those numbers that definitely has a break in communication and the impact that uh, the positive response can provide so we are continuing to um, reach out to those members that are non-responsive and help them get equipped and what they need to uh, be able to respond through our portal making it a one-stop shop for the excavator to see what's going on with their locates before they actually go to the site and what have you. Um, so we're continuing those efforts. Um, and then, yeah, our educator, our excavator education is really taking off. Um, as Susan also mentioned, we have expanded our education team without expanding hiring and so forth. And Angie has done a fabulous job with uh, partnerships and relationship building in our uh, industry that um, he's actually created a relationship where other people are going out and training our content. And so we're able to make sure that the information that these partners are giving is accurate and the same thing that we're teaching. And so that really helps um, keep the message clear and consistent across anybody that might be teaching it. Um, our curriculum is very detailed and goes into a, a lot of different things um, that you wouldn't really think would be part of safe excavation, but it all ties together very nicely. 
And so that's been been really good. And then through our safety days and expo, um, we have a lot of different topics. Sometimes we get a little bit into leadership um, development topics or um, even just mindset. You know, having that growth mindset opposed to a fixed mindset can be very beneficial, not only in a professional life or in a safety setting, but also just in your daily lives. So, a lot of cool things going on. Yeah, um, we were recording this uh, the day before our virtual safety day. Uh, so, you will have those recordings available for you. For those who cannot attend or have not attended one of our safety days in a regional, uh, this year we were in Enid, we were in Lawton, in Tulsa um, in August as well. Um, if you haven't ever attended one of those, A, you're missing out. B, uh, try to make it uh, something that you want to be a part of next year. Uh, but our virtual safety day sessions will be available on YouTube. There's plenty of information to get out of that. Uh, we are doing a little bit of uh, development in one of the sessions, and then we have some topics uh, regarding private line locating and then for our facility operators, some information to help you understand your membership responsibilities a lot further. So uh, check that out as well. Um, soon you're done listening to us today, that YouTube channel is there for you with all the content. And you can go to our website, find out the dates of the safety days and the 2024 expo, which is March 7th and 8th. Yes, it is. So save the date on your calendar for those for that for mm -hmm. next year and go to our website to see when the safety days are. Which is okay 811org Yes, that's right. Yeah, um, I appreciate the reminder. Um, sometimes I forget our own website. No, I'm just kidding. Um, we are um, excited about what is coming up um, throughout from now till August of next year. Uh, we have some things that are taking off. Um, Susan briefly mentioned that uh, design tickets are going to be uh, coming along through a law update. And so, um, Gerald, I'm going to ask you, since you're the one who has to kind of have your hands in all of the operations when getting that set up. How are things going? Getting ready for that law change. And what did that law change look like? Yeah, so so things are going well. Um, that will be effective November 1st, but uh, we do hope to have uh, that that design survey request actually in uh, production and, and usable before then. Uh, it, it will be required for operators to actually respond uh, as of November 1st. That means uh, if you're a, a design engineer uh, and you want to know uh, where lines are for a project, um, operators actually have uh, 14 calendar days to respond to that request by either providing maps or putting marks on the ground. Uh, so it's similar to a locate request, but it, it gives more time because oftentimes uh, that engineering process, that, that's more free excavation, free project planning, uh, and so this is kind of that meeting in the middle. Yeah. Help ensure that that gets done safely, efficiently, uh, hopefully saves a lot of dollars uh, for everybody. And in, uh, in the process of identifying the need for design survey to get in the process that, that we need to implement as part of the law, we also identified some other needs okay, through talking with our stakeholders and interested parties, you know, there's other stuff that's needed. We, they need to collaborate in a meeting setting where they can plan out large projects. So it's going to be a large project or a large road project, a large um, subdivision project. And so it'd be great if we had a meeting ticket where uh, it's the 
design engineer can submit a, a meeting request and all those players can be put together in a Teams meeting or even in a person in-person meeting. Then along the lines of that is a large project ticket that will you know, provide timely uh, notice of when things need to be marked and not necessarily under the three business days under the current law. So it's going to help define, you know, what does that look like for, for big projects and how, how will that meeting ticket work, project ticket work. So that's something we're working on now with a lot of our stakeholders is to try to see if there's some language we can agree to that would go into our audit. Those yeah, I know that the common theme throughout all presentations or education outreach is communication. Everyone is the beginning of communication through those industry stakeholders. We got to be able to protect those excavators, and the way to do that is knowing where facilities are. Even if digging is going to take place today, but three, four, four months from now, just to be sure to understand the whole process through it all. And if we can initiate that communication through the design tickets, those meetup tickets, understand what a large project is going to be. It's going to improve damage prevention, escalator safety. Um, frustration. Yeah, a lot of the a lot of the issues with it being frustrating because you get locators out on time, or we have so many tickets and have to break them up by this many blocks and this many miles, and frustrating for for the person having to do that work. Trying to see what what can we do to make it less frustrating, still meet the objective of damage prevention. Yeah, I, I love process improvement. That's that's what we we are constantly trying to figure out how to make things better. Uh, so this is one of those things where we're being really collaborative. We're finding all the pieces and trying to get all the stakeholders in uh, to to make these process improvements happen. Uh, and it's it's super exciting. There's a lot of things that have to fall into place between now and, and when those things get implemented, such as potential law changes. Uh, but man, it's so cool. It really, the collaboration that has developed over the past several years has just been tremendous. Great to see the outreach with not only member companies, but excavators, locators, and contractors. I mean, the list just goes on and, you know, getting that valuable input from each person and how what may seem as such an insignificant change to us is a major impact to another one of our stakeholders that you know, can really be negative to the system. So understanding that and, you know, leveraging that in what decisions we make has really been effective in building these relationships. Being in those meetings, you really get to see the nuances come through on all of those different aspects of damage. It's also a great educational opportunity because I think everybody walks away with something that new in yeah. a better understanding of why things are the way they are so that they can better um, adapt to this change. Yeah, and uh, there's plenty of opportunities um, for um, collaboration with us. If you're in the excavator industry, whether you're a facility operator, municipality, um, reach out to us. Um, the easiest way to uh, get involved is the super easy email, education at okay11.org, and that way we can help facilitate where to plug you in um, and different opportunities to collaborate with us, uh, whether it's just suggestion bots ideas, or something a little bit deeper. We, we'd love to collaborate with all the stakeholders to make this whole entire process better. Another thing that's uh, just that, that we've really been talking about that needs some attention and some resources to improve facility mapping. Mm -hmm. 
especially on our from our municipal members or municipalities or rural water districts. And if we can get some collaboration and some resources around improving their mapping, then, then improving their mapping and then getting that mapping to us, we can really address that, a lot of over notifications that are taking place. You know, the municipalities getting notice notified every time someone's digging in a quarter section. So therefore they're inundated with locates, locators that they have are wearing multiple hats and they get to all these, so they ignore them or screen them out. And we really need a way to improve that mapping to get the notices that need to go to those operators so that they can really manage their resources better. So there's going to be a big push in the next 12 to 18 months to work with those member companies and those operators to to get in for Yeah, I agree completely. And I had a conversation with the municipality just the other day and and I kind of presented with these two options. We can improve take up relevancy through only getting the ones that you need to, or give more staff where you're responding to all the tickets. And and the investment may seem large now to get that mapping improved, but you're not the salary. So um hopefully um, that helped them out. Um if it did, shoot me an email. Um <laughs> But um, that's the kind of things that they're looking at. And those decisions are tough. I can't tell a municipality or a rural water system how to budget their money, but I can I can present options for them to help them with that ticket relevance again. And less tickets means less resources are going to be needed. So to me, hopefully that can help out with that. And mapping seems like, ominous, like, oh, that's hard, it's difficult. But there's so many tools and technology now that enable that improved mapping to happen more easily. Mm -hmm. We even have our, our service area editor tool on our website that helps facilitate easier input of that mapping. So I, I think if people will just put down the fear factor of it and mm -hmm. say, we can do this, they'll see so much process improvement here. Yeah, I think the, I think the overall like the initial thought is this is gonna be really expensive. Uh, I think that, it, Probably not as expensive as people think. Yeah, um, I agree completely. And especially when you're looking at the ticket relevancy, if you're in a quarter section right now and you know through your water system that all your lines are going to be on the east side of Beaver Road, even if you draw that with 100, 200 foot buffer, you've already reduced your ticket relevancy. And you don't have to be exact, you're just worried about where you're responding to, not where the lines actually want to just be within that space. So for all you map nerds that are listening to us, or the ones who are scared to be a map nerd, I know that's easier than it may seem. Uh, reach out to us. Our uh, GIS team is there to help you. Um, that service area editor is a great tool. And I can promise you that there will be uh, YouTube videos that explain that service area editor as well. So um, you're getting inundated with all of our resources to make sure your membership is better. Um, uh, you want to talk about more fun stuff coming up? I mean, August is right around the corner. This this podcast is going to be um, published on August 11th, which is April one day. And so, I don't know. Is there anything special going on for April one day? Well, I, I I'm just going to kick this off because I, I know this is your one of your passions. Um, we use we look at our marketing dollars and say, you know, we want to do what we can to get outreach uh, and awareness out to all constituents in Oklahoma, even homeowners. Uh, do it yourselfers, 
we want everyone to know to call before you dig, to get those underground mines located, to help prevent damages, outages, and ensure safety of the people digging around those facilities. So we're, we take out a little portion of our marketing dollars each year. We've done it for the last two years, and this will be our third year. And I'm going to tee it up for Angie to talk about how we invest that small amount of money and make a big difference. So this will be our third year that we'll be launching a um, a beer. Uh, so we had our Pilsner the first year. Last year we did a pineapple uh, Mexican lager, and this year we are doing a honey brown ale. And so we've got um, we're partnered with uh, Cross Timbers Brewing, and we'll be hosting an event tonight. The <laughs> um, at Cross Timbers launching that beer. So it's a lot of fun. It's a great campaign as MG likes to call it and we have uh, get our label out there with the five steps of big, safe digging is always on the can we do encourage everybody to drink responsibly and um but you know remember safety too and so it's, it's been a it's been a great tool it's been a lot of fun a lot of their, a lot of other 811 centers have asked for more information on the idea and so forth so. and this year since it's a honey beer and then target around the parking room be safe be safe Okay. Yes, and um, I'm excited. Obviously, this is my passion project every year. Um, but it's a great opportunity. Um, it's it's available statewide. So whether you're in Tulsa or Diamond or Valiant or Alva or Altus, I think I named all the corners. Um, you can get beer. Just go to your liquor store, ask for um, the Honey Brown Ale from Cross Timbers. Um, they can have it delivered to you. It's a great opportunity um, for you to get some information from us and um, share with your friends um, the importance of safe digging in a unique um, way to do And that, the money that is uh, made from the sale of the beer, even though we invest a small amount of money to make the beer, any money that from the sale of the beer and, and the input that we put into the beer, all of that money goes to a scholarship program for kids going to college. So we want to make sure that that money, you know, we've done our marketing. That was what we went in, into that investment with, but we want to make sure that the money that that goes to benefit. Yeah. And it's been outstanding for the last two years. Um, I think the first year, um, it was our first year, some learning curves and we did over 2000 for the, um, scholarship fund. We're well over 5,000 now for the scholarship fund. So we're expecting, uh, the next, um, go around to even be better for so looking forward to seeing how that goes. Um, again, look for any liquor stores, come by the brewery. Um, whatever the case may be, you'll be glad that you did. We want to ask you to subscribe to our podcast so that you can be the first to hear each new episode. If you are watching on YouTube, be sure to follow the channel for not only our podcast, but also educational videos on Oki 811 services. Follow us on social media to know of upcoming educational events, such as safety days or our expo, or to know the next time we may be hiring. Thank you for listening to Digging Deep, and OK811 podcast. After you subscribe, be sure to share. So, we've had to what about what all has taken place over the last year. Um, I just want to um, kind of wrap things up. Um, with kind of where we are, um, kind of some of our future ideas. And one thing that um, got brought up earlier is that Susan um, helps lead the FNCA, the Facility Notification Center Association. And um, 
one of the great benefits of that organization and just how we uh, collaborate with other Able One centers. And so I was wondering if you or um, any of us would like to expound on how that collaboration with other Able One centers um, has helped us improve and what we look for um, this year. I just start off by saying it's not the same as CGA, Ground Alliance, Infrastructure Resources, the Global Global Excavation Safety Conference. Those are great uh, places to collaborate with other one centers and other industry stakeholders. The difference between what that is and, and Facility Notification Center Association is the FNCA is an association just for one centers, just for notification centers. It includes those in Canada, U.S. We can. It's going to be a global uh, association. So. The focus is on us collaborating directly with one another on our operations, whether it's an HR process, finance, GIS, IT, contact center. It's not just the networking and the, the how do we prevent damages, how do we keep excavators safe, which is what CGA and infrastructure resources focus on. It's our actual operations within each of our centers. How could we share from one another, learn from one another, and talk about what, not just what's working, but what didn't work so that we don't make the same mistakes we've already made. So it's it's still in its infancy. We're still growing the association and getting our, our you know, feet going in the right direction. But you guys can add to it. You guys have all signed up to be on the committees and you're chairing some of the committees. So I think for me, the, the most... I love the organization because we all have the same end goal, but we realize that there are a bazillion different ways to skin the skin. I mean, there's just so many different methods to the madness and um, ideas. Of course, state laws vary from one state to the next. And so there's some emphasis on trying to see how we can attack that. Just understanding that for one term, we we have six different terms that mean the same thing. And so kind of weeding out some of that jargon and helping differentiate what is and what isn't and, and then coming up with best practices and best terminology that we, we can all understand. And when I ask the question in my form, it's understood across the board. So that's really been the, the thing I've really enjoyed about it. Yeah, I, I love, you know, a different side of best practices comes to operating our call centers, our, our contact centers, working with our IT groups and different tooling and things that, that we're using. Beginning to talk through that uh, on a level of some, with somebody that uh, does exactly the same thing that we do, um, it, it really, really opens things up and gives us a big opportunity, as Susan said, to not make mistakes that others have made. Uh, and to fine-tune things in a way that, that has worked well for others. We also find that there's a lot of differences with state lines, uh, depending on uh, laws or uh, environments. Uh, so uh, it's it's interesting, and it's it's great to learn that, and also to tweak those things with that in mind. And one great thing with education outreach is straight up stealing from other states. Uh, the laws may differ. We may have different. Uh, sizes of our education and outreach, whether you have 20 liaisons or just one, uh, we're all trying to accomplish the same goal. And so when I see a state 
uh, notification center do something like um, working with an animal shelter to promote A11. We get to show a cute dog, highlight that animal shelter, they get to have some A11 swag at the same time. People love seeing a dog, and now they get that message as well. Uh, the campaign of the beer is something like uh, Andy mentioned that some other states have used as well. So that collaboration helps a lot, and something that I'm really grateful about that organization. And what the ultimate goal, like Andy said, is we always have the same focus, the same end goal, and that's going to be damage prevention and that's greater safety. Um, and more often than not, it's the other way around. If I focus on excavator safety, the damage prevention will take care of us. Because if we make sure that that excavator understands where those underground mines are, the importance of having those marked and tolerance of and all of those things, um, then hopefully we're going to do all we can to avoid that um, unnecessary damage prevention. I understand that's it's going to happen, but we can do that. Um, and that's one great thing that I'm uh, proud of our leadership. Uh, that is something that we hammer all every time we start any campaign, any education outreach. How will this affect that aspect? Um, Angie, since you're my boss, um, do you want to elaborate on what that means to our organization with the damage prevention outreach that we're doing? Uh, damage prevention and the outreach is, is just paramount to what we do. I mean, the more people that know who we are, what we do, how to reach us, and understand the implications of not contacting us, uh, the more successful that we are as a whole. And, you know, safety doesn't just end with that education piece, but we promote a safe culture here at OP811. Um, and it's it's just kind of something that we live and breathe every day. Absolutely. Uh, that's something that, uh, Susan, I'm really thankful for you that you've kind of uh, refocused me at times because I get so um, excited about all these things that we can do on a marketing kind it of It takes all three of us to focus you. There's all three of us to focus you. All right, well, there, I'll take it. I'll take it. Uh, when that is true, but something that um, I've seen throughout our, our leadership is that um, focus on making sure that we're reaching those audiences because we don't know when a homeowner is going to call. We, we gave them that message today. They saw it on, on TV but they may not need to dig for two years, right? Almar isn't somebody's rarely digging, but we have to get that message out. And so we have to be uh, cognizant of that and showing um, that there's the impression and just remembering of who we are, but also when to use us. And so um, that's something that you helped um, direct that marking um, as well. So appreciate all the help in that. So I remember years ago, we would work the fair. And I'd be there, and I'd be like, hey, we're here to make Oki Able One. And they'll go, yeah, that's a good radio station. And now we've gotten to the point where we say, hey, have you heard of Oki Able One? And they're always quick to say, yeah, that's where you get lines marked. Or, yeah, I have to call you before I dig. Or they'll sing a jingle to us that I'm not going to sing. Um, all those things. So we're getting more and more. But that was something that I remember us talking about is that fair promotion. And so we are at the fair every year. And we have just launched the ability for our damage prevention partners to help us out and working that booth. So there's 66 shifts available. Um, you can push pause and try to say that a couple times fast. 66 shifts, and we want your help. So if you are with one of our facility operators, if you're with a construction company, if you just understand the importance of damage prevention, uh, shoot me an email. Uh, again, education.ok11.org. 
Um, we'll um, hope you get directed to a place where you can volunteer your time. Uh, we'll obviously take care of getting you to the fair, and you can enjoy the fair before and after your shift. So, um, and there's other opportunities for our damage Georgia partners. Well, there are definitely a lot of opportunities. In, in fact, being on podcast is is a huge one that we have monthly opportunities. Just reach out to MG, and he loves to talk and get other people to talk and stuff. So um, that's a huge opportunity right there. And then again, if you have a lot of people that need um, that eight one one certification training, just to make sure that they you know that they understand the uh, steps to safe digging and what they need to do to protect your company and your employees. Um, again, we have that opportunity available, whether virtually, just giving the information to how to do it uh, individually, or if you want to set up some classroom training, there's that opportunity as well. Uh, we've talked about safety days. Those are an annual event that we usually have three or four a year. Um, so yeah, we're always looking for volunteers. Uh, we have the expo in March and we'll be gearing that up before we know it to start planning that one again. So um, yeah, just fill out our education opportunity on our website and we'll get in touch with you and make that happen. So, um, listeners, we appreciate you so much for helping us um, spread the message of safe exhibition damage prevention. Please like and follow this. Um, I am going to give our executive director an opportunity to have some last words in just one moment. But listeners, um, if you don't already, you can subscribe to our YouTube channel. Uh, just type in at OKABLE1 um, when you're in um, YouTube, and it'll pull up for you to follow. Follow us on your podcast. Make sure it's all shared um, so that we can grow our audience to make sure the Oklahoma's kept safe. So, Susan, our executive director, do you have any final words to wrap all this up? Final wrap up is click before you dig. Um, go to OKABLE1.org, click on the submit a ticket, and submit your locate request online. It's quick, it's easy much faster than calling us and waiting on hold and so my encouragement is to learn how to use your devices to go online and submit your okay request. We've got a new mobile experience coming soon. Yes. Outstanding. Uh, that wrap-up is going to be its own little commercial soon. So uh, again, thank you so much listeners. Um, I hope you stay safe this week um, and always and do all that you can to promote safety and escalator safety within the state of Oklahoma. Thank you again. Bye, everybody.